Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Welcome to another episode of Next Step Leadership. I'm Chris Maxwell. I enjoy these conversations that I have with Tracy Reynolds. Uh, and Tracy, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, I know I say that like every week. I'm excited <laughs> because I really am. I love uh, each of these individuals or groups that we have an opportunity to talk to. But um, especially today uh, and then next week, we're going to be talking to to someone that I connected to years ago. It's just cool how God connected us and it's so great to see what the Lord is doing in his life and through his ministry to others. So, Tracy, talk to us about our guest today. Well, we are privileged to have Terry Smith with us today. Terry A. Smith, is uh, he's an amazing communicator, but he's not... Uh, he's verbal communication, but also written communication. He's a pastor, uh, a leader, uh, a person who cares deeply about uh, not just organizational leadership, but community leadership. Uh, he's been a pastor, this is profound, 31 years at the Life Christian Center. I love it, TLCC, the Life Christian Church, uh, 31 years at the non-denominational church uh, in West Orange, New Jersey, and also has a large online presence. Um, it's a very diverse church. It's a church that has a robust leadership culture. Um, and we are just blessed to have you with us, Terry A. Smith. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Tracy. Hi, Chris. Yeah, so good to connect with you again after so many years. Thank you for the positive difference you're making. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Chris. And back at you. Uh, I'm always amazed to see how you keep advancing in your work and how you really pastor people through your writing and the other things you do. So great to see you again, Chris. Great to meet you, Tracy. My pleasure. Well, listen, brother, tell us a bit about how, uh, man, go back and rewind the tape as far as you want to, but tell us a bit of your early story, how you came to know Christ, how you got into ministry. And, uh, you know, I, the thing is, you know, we've lived a minute, so it takes a minute to tell that story, but tell us a bit of the highlight reel from, from that time. So um, I was raised in a, by Christian parents who were very involved in their local church in Indianapolis, Indiana. Our lives were shaped really around their involvement in the church. Um, I gave my life to Christ and was baptized at six years old. Wow. And um, my dad, and I actually tell this story uh, in, in my book, The Lord Bless You, for the first time. My dad accepted a call to vocational ministry while driving his car down the road. He was a successful businessman. Uh, And I was probably a seventh grader when that happened. He came home one day and pulled the family together and said, guys, uh, I just had an encounter with God in my car, and I'm supposed to to become a, a, a pastor, actually an evangelist at that time. And, um, we reorganized our lives over the next couple of years as he prepared himself for vocational ministry and they sold everything they had and, and entered a new life that, 
I was a I was a, fre- a sophomore in high school when when that transition happened, and it really rocked my world in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. And I was watching my dad and mom take that incredible faith step. And then um, when I was probably fifteen or sixteen, I can't really put a moment to it. It was a season. I I knew that I'd been called to vocational ministry. And at some point, not long thereafter, still when I was a teenager, I, I knew, uh, you know, as much as, I mean, time has proven that I knew. I thought I knew then <laughs> that um, God had called me to build a great church in a suburb of New York City. Mm-hmm. And I had never even been to New York City. Mm-hmm. And um, about, you know, I, I entered ministry in my early 20s. Well, I actually started preaching when I was 16, mm. kind of crazy. And um, anyway, to make a really long story short, when I was 29 years old, um, I had the opportunity to accept the pastorate of a church with 54 members in, in a suburb of New York City, some 12 miles from Manhattan. And I have been here now for 31 years in that little mm. group of people has grown to several thousand people and right. uh, I'm I'm sitting here right now on a beautiful eight acre campus uh, Chris mm-hmm. you 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 were here prior to all of that happening but I'm mm-hmm. sitting here in just a beautiful uh, worship and mission center on an eight acre campus 12 miles from Times Square and uh, mm-hmm. it's been an incredible ride for 31 years Wow. Mm. Well, thank you for your faithfulness to that call, Terry. At some point, you've written three books, and uh, the the first of those was Live 10, and I understand that Pastor Chris actually had a little bit of to, to do with that. He was some of the editing process of that. Is that right? He sure did. He was the editor, and the reality is um, I wrote this book. Initially, it was self-published under the title 10, mm-hmm. and uh the publisher hired Chris to be my editor, the, the group that was, I don't know how to, I guess it would be called hybrid publishing. I, I'm not sure. But nonetheless, Chris was the editor. And he took that book that I'd written. And, you know, I was a new author and didn't really know what I was doing. And there is no way to describe the impact he made on the that becoming, I think, a great book that ended up being picked up by Thomas Nelson mm-hmm. and... um he, he really transformed that one of the things he did is he took about 30% of my content out. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> it was painful. But you know what? Mm-hmm. He, he had such a, a heart for the message that I was conveying in that book and cared so much about it and me that it was almost like he pastored me through that process, which, which mm-hmm. has not been my experience with subsequent editors. Um, Mm. (laughs) and, um, he really cared about how that message got delivered and helped shape that book and, and make it, I mean, I, I, you know, a lot of people think it's a pretty special book and Chris had a Mm. lot to do with that. I appreciate you saying I tell his story in it, by the way, I tell Chris's story in it as well. Mm -hmm. Well, tell, tell the audience a little more about the book and, and some, uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's the type of book that today's leaders need to uh, need to read and need to focus on some of those points that you made. It was just so so powerful. Well, Live Ten 
is really about uh, the theme message of my life, John 10.10, which mm-hmm. it's not uncommon for people to feel that way about John 10.10, where Jesus promised life in all of its fullness, or as the message has it, more and better life than you ever dreamed of. And I love that. And so the, the whole thing is, are you living you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your life? Based against 10 being life in all of its fullness, more and better life than you ever dreamed of. And, um, you know, some people would call it a self-help book, but it's not. I, I call it an other's help book. It's a book about, mm. you know, how when, when you, if you're going to live the life God dreamed for you, you have to get engaged in God's dreams for the world, that our That's dreams right. must be connected to God's dreams. And so I talk about how to do that, about how that, that, that uh, we can actually enter into the mind of God and have a sense of the things he's planned for us and then help bring those things to pass. And when I talk about entering the mind of God, it sounds spooky, but it's First, Corinth- <laughs> First Corinthians 2 where, where um, Paul says, talks about the glory that God destined for us before the world began. And then he says, no eye has seen it, no ear has heard it, no mind has conceived it, the things God's prepared for those who love him. And then he says, but... Mm-hmm. we can know it through the Holy Spirit. And then he goes into a, quite a long uh, diatribe about how through the Holy Spirit, we can discover what's in God's mind for us mm-hmm. that's so amazing that human minds can't conceive it. But we can know it through the Holy Spirit. And then he ends that chapter with that rhetorical question, you know, but who can know the mind of Christ? And then he says, we can and the fact is, obviously, we can't know everything that's in God's mind. That's ridiculous. But we can get a sense of what's in God's mind for us, and we can partner with God to bring the future he has in our mind to pass. And so, and, and then the book also, it, it becomes about leadership as well, because it's, it's not just um, our experiencing this life God has for us, but it's helping others experience it as well, which then speaks to leadership. So one section of the book is about how to lead other people into a 10 life. Yeah. And it's inviting. I mean, it, it, it doesn't come across as, uh, you know, like a lecture with someone pointing at me, telling me what to do. There was this sense of you kind of giving us this healthy facial expression and a glance and pointing us, Hey, come go this way with me. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that. It, it's inviting. It's engaging. Um, yeah, so thank you. Thank you for offering your insight uh, to other people. Well, and you followed that uh, a few years later with a, a book specifically on leadership, and I love the title, The Hospitable Leader. Now, that's not the kind of leader we typically read about or see on CNN, but uh, Hospitable Leader, I love the byline, create environments where people and dreams flourish. So there's a sense of the same kind of positivity, the same kind of uh, this is something we would dream to be a part of, but it's about leading people to create that kind of environment. Is that right? Yeah. And, you know, really, Chris just offered a great segue, and I appreciate the kind comments, Chris. Um, but you talked about how that my my work in Live 10 is inviting. Well, that's what people say, frankly, <laughs> and I, I want to be careful about this uh, because um, this is God's grace on me, and this is mm-hmm. this is a gift God's given me, and so He gets the credit for it, right? 
Right. But that's what people say about my my teaching style, and that's what and 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 that's what people say about our church that it's mm. it's inviting, it's welcoming. People feel at home, which is why uh, you know last we we are a church. Let, let's just say one one result of that is we're a church with no dominant racial group. We're considered mm. to be one of the most diverse churches anywhere. And you have all of these different cultures that feel comfortable together in today's world with all the different experiences, backgrounds, expectations, politics, all the stuff going on in this polarized world. You look out in our church on a Sunday morning and you see all these people from all these different places. And we've been doing life together for a long, long time. So it's not a flash in the pan kind of thing. That's right. And, the, and, and, and in attempting to describe how we created an environment where that happened, I came up with this concept about hospitable leadership. It's mm-hmm. a leadership that welcomes. It's a communication style that welcomes. It's, and it, 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 it has to do with a lot of things, whether it's the way you speak to people from the stage or, or the way you conduct a one-on-one meeting with a staff person who's thinking about leaving like I did last week, someone feeling called to uh, to a, a different career. And he, he said, uh, I, I said, well, you, you know, Julian, um, you know, part of hospitable leadership is we're hospitable to people and their dreams. And so though I'd like for you to be on this staff forever, you know what I was going to say. I was going to tell you that if you feel like God's given you this dream, we're going to do everything we can to help that dream come to pass. So part of hospitable leadership is hospitable leaders are, are hospitable to people and their dreams. Many leaders, it's all about the leader's dreams, but not a hospitable leader. Hospitable leader, it's about helping the other person's dream come true at the same time that hopefully they're contributing to the dream God's given you come true. So anyway, obviously I wrote a book about this, it's, and uh, I could talk about it all day, but the, the concept of hospitable leadership really frames everything about my life. And, and the culture of our church here. That's beautiful. It really, really is. Well, you have a third book, and this one is, is the most current. And I, again, great titles. Uh, the Lord Bless You. How many times do we hear that said? You know, I, I close out my services uh, where I'm campus pastor. I pray, pray a blessing. And we stretch forth hands, and I, and I pray that very specifically. The Lord bless you, and go specifically in that. But it's a 28-day journey to experience God's extravagant blessings. So tell us the story behind that one. Well, this book just came out in January, and I, I'm, I am so fired up about this. I am enjoying speaking about this, doing interviews about this so so much. And, and by the way, Chris, my my old friend who helped me get started on this path, I know you'd be excited to know it just was announced to be a bestseller uh, by mm-hmm. the was it the EFPA, the Evangelical Church Publishing Association, which is evidently right. so so congratulations out of out of all the books Christian books released in the world in January, it was number twelve. So after this podcast, it'll probably be number one. So thank you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, we hope so. <laughs> this is a pastoral message. This is the kind of thing that I try to bring to our congregation with, with regularity. So here's, here's the premise of the book theologically, and it's been called 
a theology of blessing, which I like. I like someone mm-hmm. calling it that because it's, uh, you know, it's written in um, in 28 brief chapters. It's really a devotional book. It's written to be in, it's written in four sections, seven chapters per section, which Chris actually taught me how to do this truly. And um, someone can easily read it. If they read five or six minutes a day, they can read it in 28 days and really immerse themselves in a, in a very practical theology of blessing. But here's the premise. The first interaction between God and humanity, the first interaction recorded in Scripture, Genesis 1.28, it says, the Lord blessed them. And then he purposed them. I mean, it doesn't say he purposed them, but he does. He says, now, it said the Lord blessed them, and then he said, be fruitful, multiply, you know, spread the God image all over the planet. Essentially, take what you have here in Eden and take it to the rest of, of the earth. But the, the first thing that happens is God blessed them, which shows us something incredible about the heart of God. And it could be said, it has been said by a number of scholars, that all of Scripture is really about bringing humanity back to that point. Mm-hmm. That everything that God sets in motion then after the fall is about bringing back the blessing that he wanted for humanity. And when you see the world that way, when you think about your life that way, when you get up every day believing that if God woke up in the morning, which he doesn't because he doesn't sleep or summer, but slumber, <laughs> but if he did wake up in the morning, the first thing on his mind would be to bless you. And all that that means, all that that entails for our lives, um, it's an amazing way to think about God, and it's an amazing way to think about life. You know, blessing is, is, is referred to some 500 times in Scripture. It is a hugely important topic and uh, I don't think we think about it enough. I think a lot of people have a difficult time viewing God as a, a God uh, who who cares deeply about bringing blessing into their life. And I think people misunderstand what blessing is many times. So I'm very, very excited about the Lord bless you. Well, it sounds sounds like the type of book that all of those in our audience need to read, to take time to read, and to to pass on to others. We've got just a couple of minutes in this first uh, podcast uh, conversation with you, and then we'll pick up where we left off. But just give us some good takeaway lines to prepare us for the next the next conversation as it relates to relates to this book of uh, the Lord bless you. Here's my definition of blessing. To be blessed is to be in a harmonious relationship with God who wants to do good in you, to you, and through you. Mm. So I'll say it again. There's there's a lot there. There's a lot to unpack there. To be blessed is to be in a harmonious relationship with God who wants to do good in you, to you, and through you. So all of that is important. Because sometimes, you know, when we think about blessing, it's all about the expectation of what God's going to do to us. But sometimes he does good in us in ways where it doesn't feel like he's doing good to us. And then key to everything around blessing is God never views his blessing to us as something that stays with us. It's something that flows through us and blesses the world around us. 
so we get to participate in bringing God's blessing to the world around yeah. us. No, oh, Terry, that's so good. And um, again, it's great to connect with you. Uh, and we look forward to the next conversation. And we want to talk about this this blessing from the Lord. And, and God is just desiring to to bless um, us as his children. And it is a blessing to, to have this time with you. So uh, we're all thinking about that uh, God's blessing uh, within us and then through us to many people as we're just looking for ways to make sure that our next steps are our best steps. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, a weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you joined us. You can find us on your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Tracy Reynolds' new book, Second Chair Leadership, How to Serve, Thrive, and Lead from Where You Play, is available now at ctracyreynolds.com or Amazon. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Services, is available now at chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their musical releases at casualamericans.com or your favorite music supplier. We release Next Step Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. Nothing's finished.